Well, good morning, everybody. For those of you I haven't met yet, my name is Jared Turner, and I'm one of the pastors here at Radiant Tulare. And it is good to be back together. We were gone last weekend for Celebration California, um, and we've got a picture of Radiant Tulare's crew who represented you so well. We're a part of a larger family of churches in North America called Confluence. And then internationally, um, our family of churches is called New Frontiers. And you can find out more information about that online. But um, we were together with nine other church families within our big family. We got to worship side by side with Visalia, Exeter, San Diego, San Francisco, Washington, North Carolina, Canada, Mexico, and Fiji. So it was an international delight, and uh, we missed you guys who, who weren't there with us. But what I loved about this weekend was even though every community has a distinct flavor and is different from the others, there is a common heart a common vision and values, and a common passion for Jesus. And you could sense that every time we gathered together. There was about 600 of us, and we shoved into a room, and you could just feel the one accord that was happening inside of there. And I loved it. It's so good to be a part of something bigger than ourselves. The world has been lying to us for quite some time that your life is better when you are the youest that you could ever be. And God says you are the U.S. when you are not the star in the center of yourself. You're a part of something bigger. And that's what God's invitation is. And today is Baptism Sunday. And in some ways, it's the same picture that we are a part of something bigger than ourselves. We were made to be a part of God's family. In a family... You can do some things so often that they become kind of routine and tradition and just normal. And sometimes it takes an outsider to come into your family and tap you on the shoulder and say, that ain't so normal what you guys do. I've got a good friend. Uh, his name is Donnie Barnes, and he's an announcer for multiple sports teams. And he lived in Visalia for a time. He was the voice of the Rawhide. And he would go out to spring training in Arizona where my parents live. And so he would stay with them. And he stayed in a room that had maybe some of you older parents have this shrine room. And it's like all of your kids senior pictures and their baby pictures and the weird awkward bathtub pictures. Um, and so he stayed in that room. And I would get these text updates from him. Just... If you know Donnie, just beautiful little Donnie-like noticings of what was going on in my family. And I got this text from him one night, and he said, Your dad special orders his mayonnaise in semi-bulk shipments. I know you know this already, but I just needed to see it in print to fully appreciate this fact. My dad is a bit of a foodie. And sometimes it takes an outsider to wake you up to the fact that having 24 jars of Duke's mayonnaise in your pantry is not a normal thing. Apparently that doesn't happen in everybody's home. It is a treat and a treasure in the Turner home. So the same thing 
can happen in God's family. We can do certain things when we gather together so often that they become just normal to us. And then an outsider comes in, somebody who's not here, maybe you this morning, and you've got a list of things already cooking. What in the world are you guys doing this stuff for? We can sing sometimes, what can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. And to those who have been cleansed by the blood of Jesus, it is everything to us. It can move us to tears as we're singing and declaring this truth over our minds and our hearts and our lives. We were lost and now we're found. We were dead in our sins and now we're alive because the blood of Jesus has cleansed us. But if you're an outsider and you see that on the screen and people crying and lifting their hands and singing this out loud. It's like, what kind of weirdo cult is this that takes blood baths around here? Like, what's in that tub, bro? Open it up. Why, why is it not see-through? What's going on in there? <laughs> Baptism on the surface can look like a little strange tradition that we have, like, why do you guys give people really quick baths and then pray over them and get really loud and excitable about this stuff? What is happening here? What kind of weird carnival games do you play as a church? But baptism is not just a tradition. It's not just something that we do just to do it. Baptism is actually a command of God. God is not giving us some kind of like spiritual upgrade, like when you're ready to level up, here you go. This is for the real Christians. This is for, this is like black belt status right here. You're working on it right now, but we're going to get you up to some. Baptism is an essential step of obedience in our faith journey with Jesus. This is what baptism is. And there's a lot of ideas and opinions and passionate beliefs surrounding baptism. And if this is not your first time around a Christian community, then you may have come from a tradition where you have different ideas and thoughts and have been taught different things about baptism. Some people believe you should be baptized as a baby. Some people believe you should be baptized in a church because, you know, swimming pools are not as holy as these four walls here. Some people believe that you could be baptized for your dead relatives. So if they were just knuckleheads, your crazy Uncle Joe just blew his life, like you can actually do like a shout out before you go underwater and then it kind of counts towards that. There's a lot of different beliefs that people have about baptisms. So much so that sometimes the baptism waters are called the waters that divide. And this is a shame because baptism... It's really the waters that unite, unites us with Jesus and his death and burial and resurrection, thank God. And it also unites us together as his church. It doesn't matter where you've come from. If you're in Christ, you're one with us. We're his people. We're his family. And at Radiant, we follow Jesus everywhere he tells us to go. This is the first thing in our vision and values. We behold Jesus and then we put his brilliance on display. And we do that by actually doing what he says to do. We also believe that every place we go, Jesus has gone before us into that. He's not just setting us up on some kind of unknown adventure. He's actually gone 
before us. This is a promise of his. Jesus was baptized himself. One of the stories that's in every gospel, Matthew 3, Mark 1, Luke 3, and John 1, Jesus is baptized. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward reality. Baptism is a picture. It's a sacrament. It's a sacred moment when the divine touches down on earth through something very ordinary like water and like words of confession that come out of our mouth. Something sacred happens in these waters. It smells just like rubber in there, but there is something sacred about these waters and what we will witness today as a family. Baptism doesn't save you. Baptism is an outward sign of an inward faith in Jesus Christ for salvation. Baptism doesn't save you. Jesus saves you. We are not saved by a what. We are saved by a who. It's not what you do. It's who came for you that brings you into salvation. Acts 4.12, you can read these scriptures on the screen with me. Salvation is not is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. Not nothing else, no one else but Jesus. We're not saved by our actions. We're saved by Jesus' actions on our behalf. Ephesians 2 8 through 9, for it is by grace you've been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It's a gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast. You didn't do anything to save yourself. He did all of it. And we get to enter into his invitation. And as a result of being saved by Jesus, we become obedient to Jesus. We line our lives up with him because he saved it, because he bought it, because he purchased our life. Now we say our life is yours and we're going to line it up and we're going to do whatever you tell us to do because we believe it's the best way. And then he tells us right out the gates to be baptized, to go public with your faith, to identify in a public arena that you're with me and I'm with you. Mark 16, 15 to 16, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptized will be saved, but whoever does not believe will be condemned. This is sometimes called the great commission, but it's also a great commandment of Jesus. He's not saying this is like an optional, like summer school thing here. This is what we've been called into those of us who have been called into salvation. Matthew 28 says it like this, go into all the world, teaching them to obey my commands and baptize them. Baptism is not a maybe, it's a must for us as believers and followers of Christ. We're called to make disciples that make disciples. This is how it's been passed on for thousands of years to us here this morning. And discipleship is marked by Doing the right thing, not just believing the right thing. You've got all your thoughts lined up and you've got all of your beautiful highlighting markers in your Bible and that's good. But if it does not move from here to your hands and your feet and your mouth and your whole life, then what good is it? The Bible says that demons believe this stuff. It's not going well for them. 
Baptism is essentially a softball lob from God to us in a first step of obedience in following after Jesus. We believe Jesus is the Savior. You'll hear it out of everyone's mouth in the waters this morning. We believe that Jesus is the Savior. Now we behave that way. We line up our actions and our whole life to do what he says. This is what he told us, his, his followers. In the word, you can read this. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll do what I command you to. You won't make posts about it. You'll do something about it. We obey not to get love and approval from God. We don't do these things so that God will love us or approve us. No, we do these things because we are loved and approved by God. We're saved, we're loved, we're secured, and now from that place, we have new desires that start springing up because the Spirit's in us. And we want to line up all we do with what he says. So at Radiant Hilaria, this is what we believe. We believe that baptism is a choice. Anyone can be baptized, and we're praying everyone will be baptized because that's the heart of the Father, that no one would perish, that everyone would come to salvation, everyone would make it to the big party after this life. Anyone can be baptized. And when you can consciously recognize the sin in your life, when you can spot it, when you can say it, and you can also consciously recognize and confess that Jesus is the Savior for your life, we're going to march you straight into these waters and baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We baptize people in water. This is the tradition of the church. This is what Jesus has called us to do. Water is a sign of purification. It's what you use to cleanse yourself. Don't know if you're a morning shower person or a night shower person. It doesn't matter. You're using water, hopefully. Unless you got one of those w weird, like, I don't know, no water showers, which I don't think exists. Water is a symbol. This washing and cleansing is a symbol of what Jesus is doing inside of us. We believe what we sing, that Jesus' blood cleanses our soul on the inside. And so we're just displaying publicly on the outside what has actually happened and taken place inside. We will submerge you underwater. That's because the word baptism in Greek means baptismos, which means to submerge or to sink. Jesus died and he was buried. He didn't get dirt sprinkled on his head. He was laid in a tomb. And so we will stand you in the waters of baptism and we will bury you under those waters. And we believe this is a symbol that the old is fading away deeper and deeper into the never-ending grace of God. In the Old Testament, the language of the sea was that it was an abyss. It was this nothingness that lied underneath it. And in Genesis, we read right out the gates that the Spirit hovered over the waters. This is the beginning of all things. The Spirit hovered over this dark, endless, lifeless cavern. And then the Father spoke. Let there be life. And the Spirit reaches in and pulls up life. At the word of the Father. We believe today 
the Spirit is hovering over these waters. And as we submerge you under, he hovers above until the Father speaks. Let there be life. And we will pull you back up in the power of the Holy Spirit into a brand new life. This is why we raise you back up. We don't leave you under the water because baptism isn't ultimately about death. I know there's a long list of things that we would love to forget. There's a long list of things that we're all very aware of that we need forgiveness from. But this is not the main attraction of baptism. Just like it's not the main attraction of our life in Christ. The main attraction is life. Resurrection life. This is what is paramount for us. Not that we were dead, but that we're now alive because of Christ. This is the good news. 2 Corinthians 5.17, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new has come. When you come out of the waters of baptism, you're not a better version of yourself. You are a brand new creation. You look the same to us, just you're wet. But before the eyes of God, you're not soggy you're clean, you're pure, you're a new creation. And you're a new creation, not because you got in the tank, but because he called forth new in you. He redeemed you at his word. He redeemed you with his power. He called you into a new creation. This is the gospel. This is the good news of Jesus. You are not a bad person who needs to do better. You are a dead person. You're a dead man walking. You're a dead woman walking right now. And you need to be brought to life. There's nothing you can do. There's no power that you possess that can wake yourself up. You've tried many things and many roads, but God has been clear and spoken. There is one way, and it is through my son. Ephesians 2 says this, and you were dead in your transgressions, in your trespasses and sins in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and were by nature children of wrath like the rest of mankind. There is a lie that's been fed to you that says you're a child of God. If you're not in Christ, you are not. If you are not in Christ, you're a child of wrath. You're a child of death. This is your lot in life. But God, but God being rich in mercy, because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you've been saved and raised us up with him and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus so that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. This is our story. This is our testimony. There's a, there's a very unique testimony and a very unique 
unique story for every person that steps into these waters. But at the, at the bottom core of everything, it's the same. I, I'm so tired of hearing people say, like, oh, my testimony's not that great. Baloney! You were dead. You were dead. You were dead. I don't care how dumb you were. You were dead. You might be dumb and dead, but you were dead. And now you're alive because God has resurrected you. That's your testimony. And it's not even your testimony. You just kind of took his hand and then kind of walked around. Oh, yeah, thank you, God, for this. That's our testimony. Don't pretend like yours is better or greater. It's his testimony in us. It's his word that brings us to life. Today we're going to witness five people be baptized. And if you're here and you're one of those people, you can go and change and get ready to be dunked in front of all of us. And I think that you can head this way. Yeah, all right. Follow Mark and Heidi. There you go. The rest of us here, I want to make an invitation. If you're here and you're a follower of Jesus, but you've never been baptized before. If you're here and you're following Christ, but you've never stepped into the waters of baptism before, Today's your day. We've got it set up. We've got plenty of towels. What's stopping you? Some soggy clothes? Like that's it? I know you got more clothes. I know you do. It's hot out there. You'll dry right up. Don't even worry about that. If there's anyone here like, oh, I didn't sign up online. I didn't sign up on a clipboard. I can't go. No, you can. It's an open invitation always and forever from Christ. You don't have to go through. He's the channel. He's the way. So if you're here and you know, oh, oh yeah, the Spirit's like poking me like, hey, now's the time. Well, then now's the time. And you can head back this way, and Mark would love to have a conversation with you. Or you can head to Sam, or you can head to Ryan, or you could head to a person who's next to you and say, hey, are you a Christian? Are you a believer? Because anyone can baptize you if you're a Christian and a believer. So you might get tapped right now. Just don't worry about soggy clothes either. If you're here and there's something stirring, come. Come. We'll, we'll help you sort it out, but come. For the rest of us who are going to be witnessing this today. In this family, we do three things at Radiant Tulare. We do three things. We shout and we circle and then we say, this is what we do. We shout. I don't know if you've been to a church service before where people have yelled. I don't know if you've ever risen your voice like into a like larger tone outside of like your car before you got in here, but like inside of church if you've ever shouted or yelled, it's very liberating. But this is this is what we do here. We're not into like golf claps. You can keep you can put that somewhere else. Look, you know how to celebrate. I've seen you outside of these four walls celebrate things that don't deserve as much celebration as what's about to happen in here. We're bringing our kids in here because they're actually way better at this than we are. And so they're going to come. You can come right up. Yep, come on up to the front. And they're going to help us celebrate and shout and hoop and holler because it's worth it. 
We're not doing this to try to stir up some emotions. What's happening here, there's a greater celebration taking place in heaven. When you read the scriptures, it says that there's a great rejoicing in the presence of angels. Do you know what that means? It doesn't mean the professional angels are doing all of the celebrating. What it means is God himself is doing the celebrating in front of the angels because there is someone who was lost and dead who's now been found and coming back to life. God himself is leading the charge in celebration and party. And we want to just be a reflection of what's happening in heaven. So you raise your voice as loud as you can. We're going to mimic what God is doing, what heaven sounds like right here on earth. After that, we're going to circle around these people who got baptized because you're baptized into Christ, but you're also baptized into a family. You're baptized into not just like Radiant Tulare. This isn't like a membership thing. You're baptized in this. Radiant Tulare is just like a drop in the bucket. It's like a little twig on the tree, the family tree of God. But every twig and every branch matters in the family of God. We are the community that these people will be shaped and grown and loved by. God's going to use us to do that. So we circle around them to say, you have a place in God, but you have a place in this family. We've got your back. We circle around. We surround and say, your burdens are our burdens. Your victories are our victories. What God's doing in you, we get celebration and we get credit in this too. We all go together. This is the reality. This is why we circle up. The last thing that we're going to do is we're going to circle around these folks and we're going to pray and we're also going to say what God has to say about these people. When Jesus was baptized, he was brought up and it says that the Holy Spirit came, descended on him. We believe there's an opportunity for the baptism of the Holy Spirit to take place, so we're going to pray for that, for these people as well. But also, everyone heard the voice of God speak. You remember what he said about Jesus? This is my son. I'm well pleased with him. That's my boy. I'm his papa, and I couldn't be more proud. And this is what we believe God wants to speak over his kids today. So we get to be a prophetic voice to speak out over them what God's saying. You're alive now. You have a great destiny over your life. You matter. You're seen. God's created you to be more than a conqueror. This is what we're going to do. And this is how we're going to end our time. So we've got everyone lined up. Perfect timing. Well done, Mark. You're so pro at this. We're going to witness this. Someone will step into the water. They'll introduce a family member to us. We will applaud and welcome them and say, hello, we see you. And then they will be asked some questions. They'll get baptized. And then we will let loose a heavenly roar over their life that will break off things from their past. We're just echoing what God's done. We're just putting an exclamation point at the end of his exclamation point.